This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. As we broadcast out of Tampa, but we broadcast all over the world. We've got listeners on every continent that have radio stations for the record. We're not going to bring up the fact that Antarctica still needs a radio station. But right here in Tampa Bay, from south of Ocala to north of Fort Myers, all the way over to Disney, all over the first coast of Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia, and brand new this week, all over coastal Virginia. We're so grateful to have the Lighthouse AM 1010 and FM 100.1 join us up there on coastal Virginia. So we're so excited that you tune in today. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get comments, suggestions. I got an email from a, a listener overnight just asking a little bit of question. They've got a ministry idea. They wanted some perspective. I talked to another listener yesterday that needed a ministry. Hey, Jim, who's the ministry in Tampa Bay doing this kind of thing? We'd love to hear from you guys. So if you ever just... Well, Martha, tell people how they can connect with us. Well, Jim, if they go to our website, we have a contact page, just like everybody else does. And on that page, they can send us an email. Um, we also have our contact information on there if they want to reach out to us. Uh, you love, you are one of those people that loves to talk on the phone. And so... For a guy, you're saying. Lo- so, so for a guy, that's um, it's yeah, okay? All right. Yeah. And I think when it's not just a telemarketer or some recording that's trying to win you a cruise or something like that, you love to... Uh, of course, if somebody wanted to offer you a cruise, that'd be okay, right? We will take free cruises <laughs> but, anytime. But anyway, they can find our contact information there and reach out to us either right there on the website or send us an email or give us a call. Well, in fact, today's show is because three different listeners in three different parts of this country said, hey, you guys need to interview this couple. <laughs> and so when the Lord says it once, most of the time I listen, when the Lord says it twice, I often pay attention when the Lord says it three times. I got right on it the minute that we got back from having that kidney surgery in December and made sure we got this thing scheduled. You know, you never read any scripture passages about getting fit and working out. Why not? Well, okay. So I know in the old days, people actually had to work out because that's what their jobs required them to do. They had to be physically active. They didn't need a workout routine. Now, in today's world of technology, sitting behind a computer, sitting behind a car, machines do the majority of the work. They do the majority of the working out as well. So we have to find other ways to get our exercise. But how do you do this and glorify the Lord at the same time? Because so much of that get fit culture is all about looking good to find that great mate to hook up with this weekend. How about glorifying God by making your temple just really in great shape. Today we're talking with JT and Anna Maria Tapius about Fit Method 413 right here in Tampa Bay. And of course, with expansion ideas all over the country, we're going to talk about that later. They may not even know that yet. (laughs) How does staying fit benefit you mentally and spiritually? You're about to find out. JT and Anna Maria, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks for having us, Jim. Anna Maria, are you excited to be here? Yes, I am. Okay, all right, just check it. <laughs> she wants JT to do the talking because she said she was shy before the show, and so I want to make sure that we pull her into the conversation. <laughs> so here's what we do. We always ask this question of all first-time guests on our show. We always ask, how did you become a Jesus follower? So ladies first, Anna Maria, how did you become a Jesus follower? Oh, okay, so I grew up in Colombia, South America. Uh, almost 90% of people there are Catholic, mm-hmm. so I grew up Catholic. And I convert to Christianity when I met my husband, GT. Okay. 
All right, cool. What was it? What was it about Christianity that you said? I'm going to take my Catholic faith to the next, to just to the advanced level and become a Christ follower. Because you were hearing about Jesus in the Catholic Church. What was it about JT that said, I need to take that step? Catholic, um, it was more like a, uh, a culture thing. It wasn't culture. a culture, culture thing. thing. Okay. It wasn't a, really a relationship with God. So when JT shared with me the gospel, I just, I couldn't resist <laughs> Wow, oh, that's fabulous. I, I love the way you said it about a relationship thing. And and, and we often encourage uh, our friends who are Catholic, because uh, we have many friends who are Catholic who are also Jesus followers, to read the Bible for themselves, because that's a powerful tool. JT, what about you? How did you become a Jesus follower? Oh, man. Do we have two hours here? No, <laughs> but, but we have an hour, so sure. that's what it takes. Go ahead. Sure. Well, I was um, uh, I was addicted. I was uh, I was an alcoholic. Um, I was a weekend warrior, as they called it. Um, interestingly enough, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, I lived, you know, a pretty what most people would think was a was a healthy lifestyle. I was preaching uh, nutrition and health. Yet on the weekends, I was being completely incongruent. Um, it's just what I knew. Uh, I played professional soccer uh, in my teens uh, all the way till I was 24. Um, once that that ended for me, I, I needed to find another crutch. And so mm-hmm. when it was soccer, the crutch was fame, popularity, notoriety, all those things. And when those things weren't there anymore, well, I needed to feel, fill that uh, uh, void with something. And so I found drugs, I found alcohol, I found money, and I found women. And uh, and I chased that hard for 33 years. And so uh, at 33, um, I, my life came crashing down. The person I was dating that I thought I was going to marry ended up uh, leaving me. And three weeks later, she was in St. John's having the time of her life. I ended up at TGH, Tampa General Hospital, with an atrial fibrillation in my heart, self-inflicted from drugs and alcohol. Mm. It was a stealth addiction because if you would have asked me then, I would, and you would have said you're you're addicted, I would have said you're crazy, right? Because um, it was it was something that I was just doing on the weekends, and so in my mind, it was like, okay, well, I have this under control. Uh, the truth was, you know, I, I ended up at the hospital my uh, with a with an electrical problem in my heart. Uh, just from constantly jolting my heart with with drugs and alcohol and that sort of lifestyle, um, and so. Hit, hit the bottom of the barrel. Um, there was a guy, I was living in a condo on Bayshore, and there was a guy in my building who was a good-looking dude, uh, genuine, uh, just exerted such great uh, energy and had this beautiful wife. And and, and uh, I would bump into him in, in the elevator. I was on my way to, to fade in the night, and he was coming back from church with a Bible under his arm. And I was just blown away. I couldn't understand how this guy who could be out having fun with me was fulfilled and was ready to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. And so, you know, that always intrigued me. But at that point in time, I, I, I was a, I was pretty much a, an atheist. I, I were, I believed I was my own god, and um, didn't want anything to do with it. And so, I would oftentimes joke with him and say, you know, put that Bible down. Let's go, let's go have some fun. And he would turn around and say, oh man, you know, I left that life behind. Uh, uh, you should come to church with me sometime. And I wanted nothing to do with it. But one day, you know, I, I was Sunday morning, woke up, I was hungover. Um, I was, uh, having, I had a lot of issues going on at the time. I was suicidal. I was writing a letter to my sister, uh, wanting to check out. And, um, <clears throat> he came to mind. He came to mind and, uh, called him up and I said, Hey man, I, I don't know what you could do for me, but I don't think I have another day in me. And, uh, he said, well, let me come down. He came, came down he sat across from me. He said, let me tell you what God's doing in my life. And I said, man, you're, you're going to have to give me something else. Cause I don't believe in God. And, uh, he stood up really firm and, you know, he had this conviction and he said, well, God is all I have for you. And, mm. I, and I said to him, okay. I said, well, what, how do you, what, what do you mean? What, what does that even mean? And he says, well, what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, I was going to kill myself, but if you have better plans, let's go do that. And so uh, he and laughed. And you said that all in all sincerity, but he thought you were kidding. 
he he knew I was serious. I mean, I was pretty serious. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I joked about it, but I I had plans, right? And so um, he uh, got in his car. We went over to a church over uh, north side of Tampa, huge church, modern contemporary church. I, you know, I had preconceived notions about the church. This blew my preconceived notions away. It was a beautiful building. And I saw two things I love, um, uh, Starbucks and pretty women. And I said, man, if this is Jesus, I'm in. You know, and uh, we walked in that day, and I was going to ask you to plug the church, and then you just said it like that. I'm like, I don't know. It's a, it's okay to plug the yeah. church. What church yeah. was that? It was Grace Family Church okay. off of Van Dyke. Oh, they've got fantastic. Yeah. They got several different locations too. Yeah. yeah. So, walked in there, and that day, uh, uh, Craig Altman, uh, pastor, the lead pastor there, uh, was speaking about the Book of Job, and um, I had never heard. You know, I I also grew up Catholic uh, in in Columbia. Went to Catholic school. Had never really heard the gospel and he uh he spoke about the book of job and it was so convicting because everything that he said about job i felt like he was he was speaking to me i resonated with everything except the fact that i wasn't a righteous man and um and i said okay that was cool i kind of looked at my buddy i said did you did you talk to him about my situation because it's just it, you know i felt <laughs> there did you call a pastor ahead of time <laughs> and uh you know there were about 800 people in that in that room that day and i felt like he was speaking directly to me uh, it was very convicting, um, and I, I said, "Okay, that was a great story. Let's go." He said, "No, no, no. Let's uh, let's go up to the prayer team." I had no idea what the prayer team was. We we went up to a young guy who looked super innocent, looked like a one of the Henson brothers, you know, like the long hair, super innocent looking. And I said, "Oh man, what's this guy gonna do for me?" So what are we praying for? I said, uh, "Man, you ready for this?" He said, "Sure." I said, uh, "Been drinking alcohol, been doing drugs, been up for two days. I want to kill myself." I don't believe in God, and I have no idea why I'm here. You know, JT, I love the fact that you are sharing what God has really done in your life and setting up the stage because, you know, we never want people as our listeners to think that everybody we bring on has lived this, you know, rosy life and and, um, they could never... Uh, experience what you've experienced and um, you're you've shared with us how you were basically in a self-destructive mode Mm -hmm. and a neighbor was that lifeline for you and took you to church a neighbor you met in the elevator Mm -hmm. who was carrying his bible unashamedly correct all right i mean i just think it's important (laughs) that we that we recognize that so you heard the pastor talk about the story of job Mm -hmm. he your friend took you forward to the prayer team which you really didn't even know what that meant what happened next so the guy says to me he says what are we praying for and you know i I tell him that you know i'm addicted i'm i'm an alcoholic you know i've been up for two days i don't believe in god i want to kill myself and i have no idea what i'm doing there and i remember him taking a deep breath and saying all right you know he says "Uh, close your eyes we're going to pray for you and so he starts doing his thing and i automatically uh go into rational mode right um you know as someone who studies psychology i'm rationalizing like what's going on here and i'm like man i've just hit the bottom of the barrel i hope no one's watching me you know, I, I had a pretty uh, decent following in South Tampa with the gyms and stuff, and I always had, like, this macho persona to, to protect, right? And so here I am, like, asking for uh, help, and so, uh, you know, I start sweating. And I mean sweating, like, mm. as when I went, used to play soccer, uh, you know, it, it was just, I was just sweating a lot. And I kept saying, well, you know, I'm just nervous, this is awkward. And then all of a sudden I felt, you know, what I, I, I always represent that as, or, or uh, think of that as putting my finger in a socket, Right. Like electricity came through my body, like physical electricity came through my body. And it was, uh, you know, this I felt literally like a 2000 pound gorilla came off of my neck. Um, And um, I uh, I started crying. I started crying. So I I can't say I'm not emotional, but I'm only emotional in front of my wife and my and my and my and my mom. Right. And here I am crying, bawling in front of this stranger. 
And when most people ask me, uh, you know, were you sad? Were you crying because you were sad? I wasn't sad. I just, I, I had never in my life felt unconditional love. I thought I knew what love was because I, I grew up with two Spanish affectionate women in my life, my, my sister and my mom. But this was a different kind of love, right? This, is, this was joy. This was mm. this joy. And so I often say that in the world, you can feel happiness through success and achievement and all those things. But, but joy is very different, right? The joy I felt in that moment was this peace, this overwhelming peace. And I, not, I had no theological background whatsoever. I'd never read the Bible. But I remember, not, not audibly, but in my heart, like, like I, all I kept hearing was, you're, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. You're going to start all over again. This is a new start. This is a new life. I love you. I love you. I love you. And that, that feeling was just so overwhelming and so overpowering that I walked out of that church that day. I dropped the drugs. I dropped the alcohol. All these vices fell off. Not even progressively. It was just like, boom, done. Um, and then I just became a radical follower of Jesus. Now, now that's a great one. Ana Maria, you look like you want to add something. Okay, well, you're going to add something. Here's my question. So, Ana Maria, then how did you guys meet? So, JT becomes a Jesus follower. How many years after that did you guys meet? So, no. Wait, she gets to answer the question. <laughs> don't, don't look at him for answers. You were there, weren't you? Three years after? No, no, no. So, that was inside of my, my, my desert time that I call, um, which was that two-year period after converting to Christianity. So we met six years ago. Yeah, so that was probably like a year and a half after converting okay. that we met. Mm -hmm. Wow, so tell so, us the story about the how story. then your lives intersected. Wait, Anna Maria gets to give her perspective <laughs> first, because she just keeps looking to JT going, please talk, I don't wanna talk on the radio. So I moved from Colombia, South America to Miami on a work visa, uh, it was, I have a contract with a company for three years, mm -hmm. so I was only gonna be here in the United States for three years. And my company sent me to a seminar in Orlando, and that's where I met uh, GT. What kind of a seminar was it? It was like a personal development uh, oh. seminar. All right, JT. It was a mandatory seminar. It was a mandatory seminar. Okay. All right, JT, give your perspective of the day you met your bride. Sure. So prior to coming to Christianity, I had been immersed in the world of personal development, uh, doing tons of courses. I was actually getting ready to become a false prophet. Um, and one of the guys that I used to follow was Tony Robbins. <laughs> explain. <laughs> if you could just explain that, JT Tapia. Sure. What do you mean by you were going to become a false prophet? Yeah. So so in the world of personal development, which is humanism, right, which which the, which the uh, um, you know, the belief system there is if you have enough money if you know you have enough time you can make anything happen right mm -hmm. you are your own god um and and one of the huge advocates for that 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 movement is tony robbins anthony robbins and so i was a huge follower of, of tony robbins i was a, i was a tony cloney and so um i went to all his seminars i read all his books and uh, at that point in my life i had already i i knew where the truth was you know and so i i had gotten away from those things but a buddy of mine who i who had talked to to about tony robbins for years said, hey, Tony Robbins is coming into town. You, I, you've talked to me so much about him. You know, let's go. And I'm like, man, I'm not really into that stuff anymore. He says, I'll pay for your ticket. So I said, okay. And so I uh, ended up going, even though I wasn't, I, I wasn't drinking that Kool-Aid anymore. Um, and uh, I was there with a couple of buddies. And one of my buddies is a big, huge jokester. And so he was telling jokes the whole time, making me laugh. And he, uh, he, he elbowed me and he said, hey, look over. And I said, I'm, I'm watching Tony, man. He said, oh, no, no, no. This is better than Tony. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I looked over and uh, there was uh, my, my, my beautiful to be wife and I kept an eye on her and, and, uh, and one of the breaks, I, I saw her sitting by herself having lunch and I'm like, man, this is my perfect opportunity. Interestingly enough, Tony had just said that he said, you know, um, 
when, when you know you want something, you got to go for it. And so I saw her. I said, I, I think I want that. So I, I went for it. Wow. So <laughs> Anna Maria, JT sits down by you at lunch. What were the thoughts going through your head? The ones you can repeat on the radio, of course. This is Christian radio. Yeah, yeah. He asked me if I went, if I was Colombian. So maybe he heard my accent. Yeah, it was my way of breaking the ice, you know. Yeah. I mean, you just look at her and go, "She looked Colombian." Because no. no, that's not true. I, no, no, I had I had walked around a couple of times and I I, I overheard her speaking. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He I stopped her yeah, cautiously. I, was, exactly. <laughs> I can see how this mm-hmm, was going. Mm-hmm. So your romance started at a Tony Robbins conference. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's you know, something not a lot of people can say. You know sure. what? But I want to just say this: your company made you go, mm-hmm. and your friend convinced you to go by paying your way. Absolutely. So neither of you sought for this opportunity. I didn't know anything about yeah. Tony yeah. Robbins. So I just think that that's pretty amazing. Well, I think detail. is you know the Lord was trying to connect you guys up other ways. Yeah. And you wouldn't. Neither of you were being obedient, so He drug your butts to Orlando <laughs> to Tony Robbins. Absolutely. And and orchestrated it. Wow. Absolutely. She, um, so in these conferences, there's about 3,000 people and uh, introverts or extroverts and, and uh, you know, everyone is just going crazy. There's this like collective euphoria going on. Mm-hmm. One of the things that caught my eye about Anna was that she was being herself. She was just very serious and just, you know, just being herself. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool because everyone is acting like a clown and, and he's, and, and he's, you know, encouraging that. He says, you know, I want you to play all out. And people were jumping up and down and screaming and she was just being very serious, very calm. And I'm like, and collect it. I'm like, I like that. You know, I really, really like that. I so. can see the inner controller coming out of her. <laughs> She'd make a good accounting partner in my business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she looks level-headed. Yeah, yeah. But we haven't told that part of the story yet, though. That was a hint. Yes, mm-hmm. and what's to come. All right, so you, you meet in Orlando. You're from Tampa, JT. Anna Maria, you're from Miami. But I keep noting that he's calling you Anna, and I'm calling you Anna. So you let him get away with it? Yes. Okay. You can call me Anna. Oh, I don't want to do that. No. Yeah, I want to call you what you want to be called. Okay. Yeah. So, Anna, how did I mean? How did you end up in Tampa? Did you guys keep dating from Miami to Tampa? Yes. You did. Yep. This is radio. You can't just shake your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, JT. So, so basically, I, I as soon as I um, converted to Christianity, I went through this crazy process where um, I felt like the gym was such a superficial way to bring glory to God. And so I wanted to go straight into ministry, even though I hadn't read the book of Genesis yet, right? Um, and so the Lord quickly put a, a break on that. I went into two years of what I call my desert time. It was God's way of stripping me from money, influence, and anything that, that I could lean on and teaching me how to completely depend on him. And so in that process, I, I, I had a good mentor, um, Stuart Carver, that has a, a ministry here in, in, in town uh, uh, called Family God's Way. And he, he was my mentor. I didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have a dad. You know, I didn't grow up with a dad. He became my spiritual father. And I remember that guy t- saying, I don't want you going on dates. I don't want you, you know, uh, d- dating anyone. He says, I want you to date God. I said, well, you know, Stu, how, how, is this, how am I supposed to meet the, the woman that I'm going to marry? He says, do you think that the God that created the heavens and the earth is going to keep four walls in between you and your wife? And I'm like, wow, that's profound, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you meet at Tony Robbins. How long after you met at the Tony Robbins conference did you actually get married? <laughs> so on our third date, I told her that we were going to get married, and she laughed. And she said, if you want to marry me, you're going to have to wait three years. So then we got married four months later. <laughs> three years, four months, it's, it's similar. I think some negotiating happened in between yeah, all yeah. of that, but that's great. Well, and you know, you're thinking, well, I don't know if I want to give up Columbia just for this guy. That was probably a tough, a tough choice. She stood me up three times before we actually talked. 
Uh, wow. Yeah. So she played hard to get. Oh, totally. Okay. But you're speaking that for her, and she's just shaking her head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you're just tuning in right now, we're so grateful. And by the way, welcome to our Coastal Virginia audience. I forgot to say the last segment. So grateful you guys are tuning in. And just check us out online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com. Every day, we just try to highlight stories of what God's doing in the kingdom. And this story came recommended from several of our listeners across the country, and it's right here in our backyard in Tampa Bay. JT and Anna Maria Tapius. So um, one of the things that, you know, Jim and I could spend the whole hour, a couple hours talking about your relationship with each other and how God brought you together. And I think our listeners love hearing those stories because it encourages them. You know, God works in the intimate details of our lives. He orchestrated your dating. He definitely collided your worlds and that you're from the same country. I mean, it just goes on and on. But We want our I Work For Him listeners to hear some of what's happening in your workplace. So Mm -hmm. fast forward, God put a desire on your heart for some a business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, what it is and um, and how that happened. Sure. So I come to Christ and the first thing I decide to do is sell the business that I currently have. Now that was, uh, you know, doing very well financially, had trainers under me, had all the things that we had, we had always dreamed about. And, um, you know, I get this idea where I'm like, man, this is such a superficial way to bring glory to God. I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go to, you know, go to seminary, go on the pulpit, something like that. I want to start a church. And I sell my business at the Where'd time. Where'd you get that idea? I just got to interrupt you there because you had barely even started going to church yet. Oh, yeah. I, it was, it was you know, it was from from Saul to Paul, uh, like a radical conversion where I was just eating it up. I mean, the, the experience that I had at the church was so vibrant that I couldn't sleep, right? So I'm devouring the Bible, and for the first time, I'm understanding it. And I'm getting all these nuggets of knowledge and I'm just going, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is the truth. Like I want to share the truth with everyone else. I don't want to show people how to do squats and lunges anymore. I'm done with that. So what I do is I naturally, I, I, I sell my business. I give it away for $25,000, which was a gift. That's equipment, book of clients, everything mm. gone to a guy that came in from California. He couldn't believe it. It was a gift. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a gift. So I do that. And um, uh, for two years, I sit in a room. I had this plan that I was going to go into this recruiting business and I was going to take that those finances and I was going to pour it into the ministry. That fell apart in less than a month. And I'm sitting in my apartment, you know, in my an apartment looking at the ceiling going, what am I going to do now? I had an, a two-year non-compete. I couldn't do anything in the fitness industry, nor did I want to. And I remember saying, God, I don't care where you use me. I don't care if you put me in a parking lot. I just want, I, I want to work for you. And so sure enough, I am I'm sitting there, I'm reading the Bible, devouring the Bible. Uh, in those two years, I meet my wife. Um, you know, in the world, I had this crazy idea that I had to have all this money if I, if I was ever going to get married. Interestingly enough, I had no money when I met her. Uh, so she truly loves me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's your hair. Yeah. You got great hair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the so, bald guy always makes comments about hair. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, at this point, I'm married. She was, uh, she's planning on moving back to Tampa. She's in Miami at the time. She comes over every weekend. And, uh, but, you know, we, I, I, I started to feel that pressure. I'm like, I want to be a provider, yet I wasn't making any money. I didn't know how I was going to do it again. And I'm praying. And I'm, I'm saying, Lord, what am I going to do here? And I remember, uh, you know, once again, not audibly, but in my heart, God saying, you know, you had a ministry and you let it go. Oh, and wow. you never asked me if right. you should. Right. And in, and in a kind of an argumentative way, I said, well, God, that's great. But I, you know, I haven't worked in two years. I don't have the money to start this thing again. And I remember him once again in my heart saying, I'm going to provide. And surely out of nowhere, um, people started coming out of the woodworks at, uh, offering me saying, hey, why don't you start your gym again? It's such a, that was such a great thing that, that you had going. Here's 10000 Here's 5000 My wife came with her savings. Uh, she said, I believe in you. And I remember just praying. I'm like, Lord, I still don't understand how you want me to talk 
about you in such a superficial environment. I mean, I know people want abs, but I don't, I don't think they want Jesus. The typical yeah. workout environment is a superficial environment. Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And so, um, so then again, you know, in prayer, uh, God says, you know, that place is to be a lighthouse for me. And I had no idea how that was going to happen. Um, we started Fit Method 413 as, as it, that being a, light, a lighthouse for him. Uh, and we started praying for just, you know, godly men to come through that door that could help us as coaches. And something crazy happened to us that night. We got on our knees. We prayed for a godly coach to, to, to come to our doors. That was at uh, 8 in the morning. At 9 o'clock at night, we were parking our car. My phone goes off. I get an email, and I get an email from this guy that says, hey, I passed by your gym three, four times a day, and God told me to go in there. And we're like, I, I look at my phone. I couldn't uh -huh. believe it. I show my wife. I go, this, you got to be kidding me. So I meet with this guy. He's like a super uh, just energetic guy who loved Jesus. And he said, man, I, I, you know, I want to help you out. He comes in. He, he, he basically teaches us how to do relational discipleship. Right. Which is we don't it's, it's very different from conventional, um, you know, uh, evangelism where you're actually hitting people with Jesus over the head. You know, this is like, hey, let's love on these people. Let's care for these people. Let's let's show them results in the area of fitness and nutrition. And once we've built that rapport with them, uh, let's let the Holy Spirit do the work. Right. And then that's when we're going to speak into their lives. All right. So that's exactly what I work for him is all about mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. that. Most people don't respond to the Jesus two by four, right. but they respond to relationship. Right. And that's what the I Work For Him Nation is all about. I'd like to encourage you, our listeners, to check that out on I Work For Him, IWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. When you click on it, you'll find that we're just asking you to make a covenant between you and the Lord. It's not a club you join. It's really just taking your commitment to, to Jesus to a whole nother level and connecting it to your workplace. Starting to pray for the people that you work alongside by name each and every day. Looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires. Looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace because relationship gives you the opportunity to share what Jesus has done in your life. We also want you to look for ways to pray with people when you notice you're having a rough day because that's the days they'll say yes when you say, can I pray with you about that? But all along, Christ followers listening to this show understand that Jesus followers in a workplace should be the absolute number one employees in their position in the company, period. End of story. We should be the representation of excellence. That's what I Work For Him Nation is all about. That's what JT Tapius was talking about there at Fitness 413. So I've been saying 413. You didn't correct me. You're very <laughs> sweet about that. It's very Fit nice. Fit Method 413. Yep. FitMethod413.com. Mm -hmm. JT, as you are thinking through all this, you're going relational yep. discipleship, and I'm yep. teaching people to get healthy. Yeah. Well, the passion was always there, right? To share the gospel. And and, and I have and the to... passion was already there to help people have fit bodies. Correct. Correct. So that God had already built those two things in. Yeah. Yeah. So it, initially it was a superficial thing. I wanted people to look good, to feel good. But then I, I realized that, that, that you can't feel good without having God in your heart. And so... Uh, what we did in the beginning was basically uh, we were almost forcing sometimes uh, situations and we'd learn that it, it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer, that that, that God was going to uh, uh, persuade these people. And so when we started doing that, when we went, when we went from pushing that, 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 situ that agenda to just praying for people, it naturally started to happen. And so now, you know, we have a running joke. We say we lead more people to the Lord doing squats and lunges in most churches any Sunday. Amen. And we do that because we, we're in a, in a five-mile radius. We have 30 gyms. And so we strive to be the best, and that's how we bring Christ to people. We don't— You yourself have 30 gyms no, in Tampa Bay. No, there's 30 gyms in, oh, in, in a five-mile radius. Sorry. Competitors. 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 Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah, and— and like, wow, you have 30 gyms. <laughs> <laughs> you only had one. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, so— 
Um, and so we we have we have a great product. Uh, we offer people, you know, mm-hmm. we we help them come back to health. We restore them. We we show them. We we're there consistently every day at the same time. We don't, you know, we don't have excuses. We don't. We're not closed. We we work hard. And in doing that, people see the congruency. And and oftentimes a conversation will come about like that. How do you guys stay so consistent doing something that's so hard? Because we got to be there at four forty five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And what a perfect segue to talk to them about the Lord and how. The Lord brings congruency, consistency, discipline, and all these great things to your life. You know, I just want to speak to that a, a minute longer because in the sense that so many people think, well, I can't, I can't make the connection mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. And I want to step back to where you said you quit um, be trying to, you know, get put it out, mm-hmm. out there and make it so intentional in a program or whatever you were trying to do mm-hmm. and really pray about it. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. Do you, do you meet in the morning before you start? Are you, what are you encouraging to happen in your environment? Sure. So all our coach meetings are, are always, you know, obviously we always start with prayer. We always talk about the important thing, right? And the important thing is if someone opens that door, walk right through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, we encourage them. We have gift cards that we give our coaches if they if they can take uh, men, men and men, women and women uh, out to coffee and, and have those conversations. If someone's having a hard day or maybe just pulling them aside and praying for them, um, that sort of thing. But but on a personal level, what I encourage my coaches to do is, hey, you're counting sets and you're doing small talk with these people. But while they're there, what a great time to just pray for that person's soul and ask God to, to touch that person's heart um, while, while you're in that in that relationship, in that conversation. And so while people may think that we're just counting sets, we're actually praying for them. Mm, that is powerful. And that's where you really saw things change. Absolutely. I mean, letting God be in control. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, it was kind of, God was like, all right, you, you think you got, you know, you, you have control of this, but you got to give me control. So we, <laughs> when I'm not saying we let him, we just realized that yeah. he was in control and, and we started going that route and things have changed radically. We've seen people uh, quit alcohol, quit drugs, people with depression, people with all sorts of situation come to the feet of Christ um, in, a, in a gym floor. Mm. Ana Maria, you guys are business partners. Where you gave JT your life savings to start up Fit Method 413 that you guys are partners. Not only are you life partners as married couple, as a married couple, but you're business partners too. But you're not in the, the fitness. I mean, I mean, that's not your deal. You're behind the scenes. You're the administrative person. Yes, that's correct. How hard is it working with your spouse day to day like like this? Is it is it hard? It's amazing. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it's amazing? <laughs> We just have different personalities, so we get along really well. And he does a completely different thing than what I do. So he needs me, I need him. (laughs) Yes, he needs you. He needs you more than you need him. (laughs) Every business owner needs a you, somebody that can manage the administrative stuff and the money. So we haven't said what she does. There you go. She's She's the controller. controller. (laughs) I imagine you're probably operations person too, right? And that's right. So he gets to do all the sweating and you get to do all the really hard work. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. correct. Yeah, she's she's the brains behind the business, right? So she's doing forecasting. She's she's uh she's looking at her book. She's telling me uh you know that memberships are this is happening with memberships. This is what needs to happen next month. And so, you know, that was a huge piece of, of my business that I never had. We were successful, but we didn't know what our money where our money was going. Now we do. Are you guys thinking about expanding this 
Have you have you thought of expanding this model across the country? I mean, it's a great model. We're we're a fitness plant, right? We we want to plant other right. fitness fi- fitness ministries. Well, you right? can mm. call it what it is. Right. I mean, you're a fitness church plant. Yeah, 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 exactly. In and the so, middle of a community. Where are you in Tampa? We are in the corner of South Boulevard and Platte, across the street from Boca, same uh, area where uh, UT is. I was gonna say, is that the UT Tampa? area? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So I'm curious because your name sounds like it has a lot of meaning behind it. Explain for our listeners where that name came from and what it stands for. So it's it's based on Philippians four one three, <clears throat> and um, one of the interesting things in those two years in the desert time, right? I was a man of the world. I, I, I was a man that based everything on what was in my pocket in my bank account, and that's where my security came from. Well, when I came to Christ, I let go of everything, right? And I didn't know how that was going to come back. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how I was going to be able to provide for my wife, do all these things. And and I remember in scripture, you know, uh, Paul talking to us in, in, in Philippians, you know, uh, 4.12 through through um, uh, 13. He says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to be uh, to be abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. And then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I went without a salary for two years and I didn't know how I was going to do that. Um, God didn't give me, uh, my cup wasn't overflowing, but I certainly didn't need anything. And, it, and, and so in that time, he, he taught me that I needed to depend strictly on him for everything. For me at that time, the most important thing was my finances, right? Um, he took that away. He replaced it. Um, and, and he, and it was just, it just came from faith, right? So when a lot of people come through our door, they're coming because they're broken. Um, they're, they're overweight. They have these challenges. They've tried other exercise programs. It hasn't worked for them. Um, they've been brought low, mm-hmm. right? And we teach them that all things are possible through him who strengthens us, through Christ that strengthens us. And so it just felt like the natural name. It was like that the theme that was going on in my head in the two years of desert time. And, uh, you know, I just felt it was appropriate to, to name it that. Most definitely. So with that in mind, then tell us who is the perfect client, if you will, for um, Fit Method 413. Yeah, so we work with general population, right? That being said, um, you know, Frank Murphy, who's an ex-Bucks uh, player, has has been through our uh, circuit training and, you know, uh, <laughs> he's walked out of there going, wow, you guys are the real deal. So my wow. point is, whether you are you know, uh, an elite athlete or you're a soccer mom, you're going to get an amazing workout. And we've created our, our method that Are you way. you saying soccer moms can't be elite athletes? <laughs> All the soccer moms out there, please do not send me they're, hate mail. They're raising yeah. elite exactly. athletes. Exactly. Probably. You're going to get me in trouble, JT. So, so we have a running joke. We say that, you, you can know, say you're sorry to the soccer moms. I, I'm sorry, soccer mom. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was nice. So, so um, you know, we, we, we have this running joke where we say we take people from being couch potatoes to being super potatoes in no time. Mm. Uh, so we see we have these huge turnarounds in 42 days. Six weeks is our promise, right? As long as you stay diligent with what, what we're telling you to do, six weeks will transform your body. We have these amazing before and after pictures. But here's the cool thing. Like when people see that, they, they see it superficially and they go, oh, look at that guy. He has abs or he lost 40 something pounds or he lost 60 something pounds. But when you actually sit and you talk to these people and you look at our Google reviews and Yelp reviews, what people are actually saying is, man, I went to that place and it wasn't just about fitness. I found God. I found peace. Um, those guys take their time. They love us. And that's that's what differentiates us from the rest. You're not just there to get abs. Uh, you're hopefully there to get Jesus, but you're certainly going to be loved regardless of your belief system. We have Muslims that come to us. We have uh, Jewish people that come to us. And, and that's the one thing they say. They say, you know what? We felt loved. 
And and if we did that, then then we 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 and and we always say that we might be the only Bible that they'll ever open. Mm-hmm. And Amen. so we always have that in mind. You and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. I've said that a few exactly. times here on this. I love that somebody else repeating mm-hmm. my lines and he doesn't even know my lines. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> from God. That's yeah. right. It yeah. is from God. Good point. Yeah. And and it's not like the people that are uh, of the, of the Islam, uh, Islamic faith or Jewish faith don't know that you're a Jesus follower because it's on your website. Oh, totally. They walked in. We just had a Jewish guy come in and he said, you guys are Jewish people, aren't you? Or Jesus people, aren't you? And I said, we are. And, uh, and I said, uh, you know, JCC, he says, yeah, I said, that's a faith-based place. Uh, 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 the community center, the Jewish mm-hmm. community center, yeah. that's right, right. Like two blocks away from us. So that's a, he says, yeah, but they don't preach to you. I said, we don't either. And, and he said, well, then how do you show this Jesus thing? And I said, well, we're just going to love on you. And that's it. And, uh, I just actually spoke to him two hours before coming here and he said, man, I'm having an amazing time. Thank you so much for what you guys offer. And this guy is a, you know, he's, he's a, he's an Orthodox Jew and he's coming to us. So, okay. So I have another question just to finish up on what they would see when they come is really just that you alluded to, you have like a 42 day program. They can come and do maintenance. I mean, what, what does that part look like just for our listeners? Sure. So our flagship program is our six week challenge. Our six week challenge basically consists of three group workouts um, we have an, a cardio accountability coach that's meeting people on Bayshore at 530 in the morning, 530 because no one has meetings at that time. Yeah. Um, we give them nutrition. We count out their macros. We give them a manual with all their macros already count, uh, basically their fats, their carbohydrates, uh, and their proteins specific to their goals. We count everything. We take all the guesswork out of it. We have a recipe book. We have a restaurant guide. Um, we provide uh, 42 days of, of intense accountability where if you're not showing up, someone's calling you. Mm. Uh, we, we ask to give, you know, for, to give us the permission to call you out if you're coming up with excuses. And we have seen people really, really just completely transform in only 42 days. Wow. Unbelievable. We're talking today with JT and Ana Maria Tapias from Fit Method 413. Check them out online, fitmethod413.com. If you're right here in Tampa Bay, right now, this is the only way you can interact with them. But one day, there could be a Fit Method 413 plant near you. All right, here's a question. Everybody that runs their own business, husbands and wives together, one of the biggest struggles is keeping the business keeping the business from interfering with marriage, from interfering with your own spiritual walk, which that sounds like that's okay, and from interfering with raising kids. Now you guys have one child out of the womb and one child in the womb. Mm-hmm. So right now the second child's not giving you any trouble, the other one's three, so we know that that child is going, why, 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 and whatever that word is in Spanish. So, <laughs> so I'm sure you're probably teaching, teaching her to be bilingual, I imagine. Yep. All right, so how do you keep your marriage protected from the business? Ana Maria, you first. How do you, how do you keep the marriage from interfering with your business? How about your business from interfering in your marriage? There you go. We just try to set some days for us so we can spend some time together ahead. So as a pastoral counselor, I, I, I come into a lot of crazy conversations with, with people that have businesses and are married, right? And we hear like this huge... Um, uh, separation between the business, the marriage, and all these things. Um, and, and sometimes people are bitter and they're fighting over that. One of the things I always say is, um, we built this together, right? Yep, you did. This, this, is our, this, this, this is our third baby, right, is, is Fit Method. <laughs> and so in doing that, we've grown closer, right? We've grown way closer because I'm not building something on my own. And so, you know, the Bible tells us that you are to leave mother and father and you become one in flesh, right? And that means we do everything together. And so we do that. And in doing that, the Lord has really just brought us closer, 
right? I, I depend on her. She depends on me in so many ways. And so it's not like I go to I go to work and I disconnect from my wife. I'm constantly connected to her, um, either talking about business and, you know, we just we just find a way to to make it work. It works well for us. And uh, I, 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 I don't, you know, my friends tell me all the time, don't you, don't you guys argue all the time because you're, you're doing business? Like, no, we have some heated conversations from time to time, passionate conversations. Well, you guys but are Colombian. Yes, exactly. So that's just part of the culture, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's brought us closer. It really, really has. What about uh, the protection? Your three-year-old's a daughter, right? She is. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, how do you make sure that she's getting daddy time when the business requires you to be at work at four thirty? Yeah, <laughs> that's just awful. Four thirty in the morning. Okay. There's pros and cons, right? So, um, I would much rather work out at seven than four thirty. <laughs> There's pros and cons. There's pros because well, most of the time when I go to work, she's still in bed, right? And then when I come, I come home for lunch every day, so I have that. You know that's that's a pro. Most people yeah. don't don't get to do that. I get to come home if she's not at daycare. I get to hang out with her. Um, when I come home from from work, I'm usually hanging out with her. So we always find time to 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 hang out. I mean, that's never been a problem. That's wonderful. I think one of the keys with that is just you. you what you really speak to is intentionality because you're like, we make sure we set aside the time. We make sure that we're we're getting that done. And and that's really what we just want to encourage other people to think of that too. And look at your life and don't always be in perspective of I wish I would have. JT and Ana Maria, are you guys involved in any specific Christ-following business owner group that's encouraging you to live out your faith in in, in what you do? Are you guys involved in any of those groups like that? So we have been. We have been in the past. Um, uh, Actually, uh, Bart Israeli uh, invited us uh, uh, to... um, C12, C12, mm-hmm. a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, and and sat through some of those meetings, and that 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 was amazing. Um, currently, we have other business owners that come to our gym that are believers um, that we you know we gather intentionally with uh, to talk about faith, business, and family. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Last word, you got twenty seconds. What's one thing you want to encourage the I Work Frame audience with today? Yeah, I want to say that you know, regardless of where you are in life, regardless of you know how far out you think you may be because you're overweight, because you've done these, you've tried these things before and they haven't worked for you, I can tell you right now um, that if it hasn't worked, you just haven't found the right plan. Mm. And so uh, whether you want to do it virtually or you want to come to our gym, uh, we're more than happy to, to help you any way we can. And um, we can show you how to do that super easy. In less than 42 days, you will be a better you. Excellent. That's JT and Ana Maria Tapia's Fit Method 413com FitMethod413.com. Thank you guys for being on iWork for him today. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.